Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Austin Meek with Waco Business News, and you're listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Waco business. My guest today is Tang Lee, owner of the Clay Pot Vietnamese Restaurant. We talk about her youth in Vietnam and how she ended up serving her national cuisine in downtown Waco. But first, it's the word on the street. I'm now joined in studio by Kaylee George. Kaylee is a nutritionist. She's a healthy weight loss dietitian. But I was particularly intrigued by a story about Kaylee that I found online. And Kaylee, I want you to talk to us a little bit about your real estate investment history and what you're doing in Waco with the Sunshine Recovery House. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to chat a little bit about this project that I've been working on. And so I uh, I went to Baylor, um, not from Waco, but came back not too long after graduating. I missed it. And one of the big things that drew me back here was getting into real estate. I couldn't afford to buy a house anywhere. It seemed like it was so unaffordable to get into just buying a house out of college. And so Waco gave me that opportunity to get back into buying my own house and building uh, some real estate portfolio. And so I've been investing here in Waco in the last several years. And how many houses in the Waco area do you have or properties? So this house is number 10. Wow. Yeah. So I've been buying a couple, just um, slow and steady wins the race kind of approach, buying a couple a year. And so I've got a, a mix of everything, but this house is a particularly special project. It wasn't really in the game plan to become what it has been. Um, I just bought the house, saw the great like sticker price on it. I said, this is a great home. I'm sure I'll find something to do with it. And uh, so I just went ahead and bought it, not really knowing what in the world I was going to do. It's this big, like 4,500 square foot house in like central Waco. And I just said, well, I'm going to buy it and I'll figure out the rest as I go along. And somehow you got connected with the Sunshine Recovery House, which helps women who are exiting addictive situations and trying to get their life back in order. We had an early interview on Downtown Depot with Summer Shine, who had started this organization, but it's continued even with her not being there. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't even know about the organization until I did a Google search about women's rehab homes in Waco. I had heard about the idea through some other real estate investors. They said that there's a huge demand for it right now. And so I, I was curious. I wondered if Waco had anything like it. And sure enough, there was sunshine. And so I just read it out. I send them an email. I said, hey, I have this home. 
I think it could be really good for women's rehab. Is this something that you guys have a need for? And they, they emailed me back right away and said, yes, we're like, we're bursting at the seams. We have women, we're turning away. We don't have space and we need somewhere to go, but we don't have another home. We don't have anywhere to send them. And they said, we, we'd love to figure out how we could do this together. Kaylee, how big is the house? You mentioned square footage, 4,300 square feet or so. How many women will be able to live here? It's a huge house. It's two stories. It's 10 bedrooms, five bathrooms, and four kitchens. And we're going to have 16 women living in the home. Some will be sharing a room. Some will have single rooms. But the point of having that big of a house is that they can have a community together to hold each other accountable. So it's a, it's a perfect house for this organization and what they're trying to do. And it's just really going to be a great step for them on their recovery journey. As we wrap up here, Kaylee, I want to know these interest rates that have been continuing to rise. You've been investing for the last three years or so. How is the changing environment impacting your investment strategy? I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing. It makes things a little bit tougher when you're looking at properties and analyzing what's going to work in cash flow. But despite all that, I'm still finding things that work and just doing the same thing I've been doing for the last few years. And so I'm just hopeful the rates start to go down, but it's not stopping me from moving forward with what I'm doing. Well, Kaylee, this is a really inspirational story from a real estate perspective. If somebody wants to find you online and connect with you about investment properties or maybe stop eating sugar for the month of September, what's the best way for people to find you? So you can find me uh, the easiest way is on Instagram. I'm on there all the time at Healthy Weight Loss RD, those two letters. And otherwise, um, if you want to find me on Facebook, you can just find my name, Kaylee George, and I'd love to chat more. Kaylee George, K-A-Y-L-E-Y, is a registered dietitian and real estate investor here in Waco. Thank you for what you're doing in the community. It's really amazing. Thanks for giving me a chance just to chat about it a little bit. Thanks again to Kaylee George. We'll hear from the Clay Pot crew in a minute. But first, here's the business review with C.J. Jackson. The role of emotions in information security. I'm C.J. Jackson, and this is the business review. More and more companies are asking employees to take an active role in information security. Dr. A.J. Burns, Assistant Professor of Information Systems, discusses the role of our emotions and what companies can do to boost engagement in security. So emotions are these really amazing behavioral intermediaries, meaning that behaviors kind of flow through emotion, negative emotions, don't typically lead you towards behavior, they lead you away from behavior, whereas positive emotions help you to engage. Understanding how our emotions affect our behaviors can help companies have better outcomes in keeping their information secure. When companies focus on positive emotions in regard to information security, employees are more likely to engage in desired behaviors. One of the things that we're kind of seeing now is that rather than just trying to avoid making mistakes, Companies are actually calling on their employees to do something, not just avoid something, actually proactively screen their email and report it to IT. Most of the time we think about security, we're thinking about fear. And most training programs and things, they're geared towards telling people how bad the problem is so that they'll be afraid. And hopefully that means they won't make mistakes with security. You really have to consider the whole person when you're thinking about training them for security and recognizing that they experience a whole range of emotions and that you can actually leverage 
more than just those negative emotions. And in fact, as you think about needing your employees to do things for you to help protect your firm, you really ought to think about how you can relate that positively and elicit positive emotions around security. The Business Review is a production of Livingston and McKay and the Hankammer School of Business at Baylor University. You can catch The Business Review every Thursday on Morning Edition and All Things Considered on 103.3 Waco Public Radio. I am now joined in studio by Tang Lee and Angel Mancias. Tang is the owner of The Clay Pot, our favorite Vietnamese restaurant in downtown Waco, and Angel has been with them for about a decade, playing a lot of different roles in the business. So grateful to have both of you here on Downtown Depot. Tang, I would love to start by helping our listeners understand your background and how you ended up in Waco, what your youth was like, and where this love for cooking came. All right. So I was born and raised in Vietnam until 2003, got married and moved to uh, U.S., enjoyed the lay family here um, since then. And I worked at Clay Pots in 2003. In 2007, me and Fong, we took over the business and run the business since then. So the, the love of cooking is actually, I don't have that much of cooking experience when I was in Vietnam. But when I move over here, Fong's mom loved to cook. She has so many cooking experience from like traditional dish in Vietnam to the Chinese dish to catering and all that. So I learned a lot from her and um, from Fong's brother, Quang Le, too. He's have inspiration of uh, healthy cooking and all that too. So there's a lot to learn from that family. And later in, in the year, I started my own my own way of cooking Vietnamese. Have a little twist of Asian fusion in it and to adapt with, you know, where we are, which is in Waco. Yes, we're in the center of Texas, but we are not in the center of Asian market. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to find my way to learn how to cook. Tang, what are some of your earliest memories of food in Vietnam? In Vietnam, a lot of home cooking. When I grew up in, in Vietnam, we don't have a lot of money. So we like to cook at home a lot. And uh, my mom would take, uh, every morning she would go to the um, market and get, you know, whatever the cheapest ingredients that she can find and she process it and um, at home for us. And honestly, now that become a popular in Vietnam. Because those dish, those little fish, those little um, piece of meat and all that, it just make it so much flavorful food that now is so popular in Vietnam. So you never know. <laughs> i grown up in a family that eaten like home cooking a lot. I have a lot of people around me, my neighbor, is from different region of Vietnam. And they have a different cuisine in there, too. So I, I got to try a different taste of everywhere. So, yeah. so you moved here in 2003, started working at Clay Pot. Mm-hmm. And in 2007, Fong and you purchased the business. Right. And at that time, Clay Pot was over on I-35. A lot of the construction that was coming would eventually move you guys downtown. But Angel, at some point, 
you connected with Claypot when they yes. were over there closer to Baylor campus. Yes, I was actually going to Baylor. I was here studying neuroscience, and I'm a military brat, so I grew up overseas in Germany for almost a decade, and then came back to Fort Worth and to States, and so here, my favorite cuisine is Asian. It's just wonderful. I love everything about it, fried all these good stuff. And I found Claypot uh, through Connect through Common Grounds, like, go oh, check it out. And it was magnificent from day one. I think the first thing I got was spring fried rice, and I didn't look back for a solid two years. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that was the only <laughs> yeah. thing she's ordered for a long yeah. time. I did, I did try something else later, but I was like, no. Um, <laughs> I even moved away back to Fort Worth, and Fort Worth is huge down by Arlington, you know, UTA. And I would still come visit uh, Waco on the weekends, and it was Sunday before I would leave. I would drive through, get two orders of spring fried rice, drive all the way back up to Fort Worth, and oh my gosh, it was it was perfect. There's just you couldn't. I still haven't found a fried rice that's similar, other than her sister with on her food truck. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it literally makes me feel better every time. You were a mega fan of Clay Pot, but at some point you decided to work with them. Yeah, actually, yes. Um, I left one of my previous job was a GM at Casa Ole, and there was a point where it was time to venture on, and Clay Pot was always there. And like, you know what? Like, We're about to open this other location. Come and talk to us if you're still interested. Went, and I remember that Kwong was the person who did the interview. He was wearing yeah. an all-white suit. Yeah, like a, yeah. yeah, it was like a white vest with a dragon on it. It was wonderful. He asked me three questions and was like, You're 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 here, you're on and it was the most it was the coolest. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what the questions were, but they kind of simply got who you were out and he just wanted people who were open to learning and trying new experiences. And that's kind of what the questions led to and I said, I'm here for it. Do you think there are more people today in Waco who are interested in trying new culinary experiences than there were 10 years ago? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% agree with that, yes. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of people from a big city now travel to Waco for Magnolia or some other events, and they stop by and they they love it. They love to try new thing and one of my mission is trying to bring the culture of, of Vietnam to Waco so that everybody travel around or t- stop by Waco, they can travel t- through, through a, t- they, how they you say that? Travel through the taste buds. They, yes, they, they, travel to Vietnam through the taste, taste buds. Yeah, without so, yeah. paying for a plane ticket. <laughs> yes, that's what that's yeah. my well, Yes. If you were to go park on the back patio of Clay Pot there on the 400 block of Franklin, you would feel like you're in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. You did an incredible job of outfitting this patio space. Can you tell our listeners oh, visually yes. what they would see? Yeah. In I'll let her. Okay, so I have a big dream for the patio, but what it looks like is you walk, you know, through the restaurant. It's beautiful. It looks like you're, like, in between two buildings. There's windows, and you walk down the hallway. There's lotus lights hanging that leads you out to the back door, which there will be – there's a rose garden archway that Tang has worked really hard to grow. It's so beautiful. With roses hanging and some decorations, and you'll walk out, and there's a red bridge that goes over a little creek that's from a waterfall that surrounds our dragon. The dragon's a marble stone, hand-carved piece. Beautiful. I think he's like two tons. Oh. Oh. Oh, more than that. Okay. Well, that means he brings us more luck. Every year he is. Which leads out to the open space. There's some pergolas. 
and against the right wall is a huge clay mosaic, and it's a scene of a traditional Vietnamese countryside farm. Village. Village, yes. yes and the rice village. Yeah, yeah, there's about, I think, 300 pieces, hand-carved, hand hand-cut. It's just beautiful. And my goal is to actually have that patio become a creative outlet space for students, locals, anybody to use for any type of art, you know, comedy, um, poetry, all those wonderful things. I want that to be a space that's like a little hidden gem of inspiration. I think a lot of people have certainly driven by on Franklin or walked by on Franklin and had no idea that you could be transported to Vietnam by just walking through the back of the restaurant. Yes, Yes. exactly. Like it's, it takes you away. Again, I'm, I'm from all over and Waco has a few little spots to do this, but this you forget where you are. You, you walk out and like, oh, right, I'm in the middle of downtown. I can. <laughs> Our goal with the restaurant is for people to leave feeling a little bit more inspired than when they came in. Like, they're not just ready, oh, I just ate, I'm going to go home. No, they're going to walk through those doors and be like, oh, my gosh, there's music next door. Like, I have energy to do all this extra things and explore the city. For folks who aren't familiar with Vietnamese cuisine, what makes it different from Chinese or Cambodian cuisine like we see at the Blazin' Asian? To me, Vietnamese cuisine, we cater more in a healthier size of cooking. So our food is more nutrients and less oily cooking than the Chinese. Um, I'm not speaking for the Chinese, but I, I have a lot of experience with Chinese food that is a lot of oil for me. So our cuisine, like our people, we like soup. So for example, like pho or spicy soup, the bún bò huế that we have. Like for my my CDs, the iPhone CD, we we have specialized with the uh, bún cá cay. is a um, is a fish soup. Yeah, yes, and that one is really tropical, really tropical because we in a tropical area, a climate. So we have a lot of different vegetables right by the sea. So it's a lot of seafood. Freshly, if you ever can come to Vietnam, just go to the beach and eat <laughs> right by the beach. That's amazing. Like they, there's there's a there's a tour in Vietnam. They will take you to the fish village, right in middle ocean. And you pick your own fish, and they could cook it right on a boat for you, fresh. <laughs> you can't compare any of that in like in Vietnam. Totally different level. When I look at Waco, it's majority white, Latino, or black. And Asians are certainly a minority, and being Vietnamese specifically is a minority, even amongst the minority. Have you been able to connect with other Vietnamese people here? Do they come to Clay Pot because they want that taste of home? What do I not know about our Asian community here in Waco? So um, I do connect with some Vietnamese people around Waco, but people that I know around Waco, they have business also. So they come to the restaurant to get their fix of pho. We have a few new dishes coming out that uh, in our new menu, and they love it. And they, they are coming out to try, but like you say, it's really little populations of Vietnams in Waco. But I, I do have a lot of other Asian yeah, I say communities here in downtown too, in in Waco too, a lot of um, 
Asian Leaders Network. Yes. They're amazing. We they're, have the yeah. Asian Leader Network here in Waco. You know, Jaja. Yeah, so yes. like Waco Cha. Yeah, Waco um, Cha. The yes. folks over at Cajun Craft, maybe yes. they're a part of that too. I really awesome. love that uh, curry up and walk this way. That's yes. in um, yes. the food hall. Bang right. is his right. name. Right. Yeah. And uh, Waco Cha, we trying to create a community, Asian communities here. And before with uh, East Market, we have really close connection with them. And it's a huge loss for us that they couldn't, uh, stay with us anymore, but uh, we are trying to work with among with all business around Waco, trying to connect that. Yes, you're hearing from Tang Lee, the owner of Clay Pot Vietnamese Restaurant downtown, and we're also here with Angel Mancias, who has been a manager there for many, many years. Angel, the business went through a couple really significant changes in the last yes. few years. COVID, of course, mm-hmm. but there was also some very serious flooding in you guys' business. What was the story behind what happened there, <laughs> and what has been the benefits, in retrospect, of that flood that took you guys out of business for a while? <laughs> for a while, yeah. Actually, I was an eyewitness. Uh, Jess and I were there. It was a Friday, two days before Lunar New Year, which in Asian culture was a big deal. Uh, so what happened was they were doing some construction in an upstairs building, and uh hit a city line, led the sprinkler system, yeah, so it couldn't get turned off. It was running water for about 15 minutes, I think, before they told us. And for for us, it was the Titanic. Like, you could, upstairs, it was just a huge amount of water coming down, and that meant it was filling up the bottom. So went downstairs, you just start seeing droplets coming, and and then it began. <laughs> but I got to like give this to our, <laughs> yeah, it was coming out from every crevice. It was wild, but I do give this to our customers. Claypot is so loved that I've seen like the power grout for a little bit, the water flood, and people are just content and happy to finish eating their pho. She had to actually tell them that like, like we can't. Yeah, like you have. I'm sorry, like you can't do <laughs> we... to go. So like there's a river coming out. I'm so sorry, I can't. Um, but it it did take us out of the game for about five four months. Four months. But yeah, mm-hmm. one of the silver linings, the things that we look at as a bright light from it is that. We took it as a sign of a rebirth. So I mean, I've been there for a long time. I was there when we switched from regular service. Then COVID happened. We had to switch to counter service. It became a grocery store. Started selling like toilet paper and disinfected stuff for people so that they could have access to it. Uh, went to a smaller staff, different style of eating. Back to now where it is now. With the reopening, a lot of people know the old location. Sitting on the floor, sitting on the mats, on the tables and everything. Really homey. The new place was, was, was just a little bit more like there was you know floor seating, just regular. Now it's a combination between the old place and new place. Like you walk in, and t- to me, it's just zen. You walk in, there's flowers everywhere, gentle lights. It's just so beautiful to see. We were able to make it more, more of a combination between modern and old, respecting what was built but bringing it into a new light. And Tang, that's why I love her so much, because yeah. like, literally, like, yeah, you've yeah, you, m- no, blossomed this the clay pot into what it is. It's a different way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. So Well, uh, that's what my goal is trying to bring people. When they walk in, they forget every stress out that door, leave everything out that door, and just become um, 
calmness and just enjoy the moment. Forget everything outside of that. Yeah, That's what I'm trying to create. Yeah, that was a silver lining of all of that. It was hard, but uh, I know we were talking about communities before. Waco Cha, honestly, like our Asian community really supported us. Like, they're the reason that we were able to make it through that, through yeah. the flood and everything. Uh, Waco Cha opened a GoFundMe for us. Isai Market tried helping with all, like, helping with some of our people to keep some jobs and everything. Yeah. So from then now, this is like, this is a true blessing to yeah. see where it, where it's gone. Everybody, and the smiles on people's faces and they I mean, I guess back. you just <laughs> have to look at the, in the positive sides of it. My believing in, in like when life bring you lemon, you make lemonade. We make lemonade fresh. So <laughs> we do have homemade lemonade. A lot of different varieties of it. Come try it if you like, but... Um, I think we add a lot of sweetness into it and make a really a good comeback. Tang, the way that I got to know you most closely was that I used to go to Clay Pot all the time when it was on 35. I'd ordered my pan-fried noodle yes, with beef. <laughs> I'm sad it's not on the menu anymore, but I can time. understand why. Um, but we, we first started getting to know each other better when you would put on these Thanksgiving feasts yes. at Clay Pot. And Great. I was so grateful you got in touch with me to come bring the Pokios truck there. And so my wife at yeah. the time and I would come bring the truck. And it was so special that, frankly, a lot of these people who I would see walking around downtown all the time, all of a sudden they're all in one room. Oh, and nice. I can actually talk to them. I know, okay, like his name is Jerry. Yeah. Uh, her name is Rose. And giving them Asian food and a, a Thanksgiving dinner yeah. and then giving them some ice cream. That was, that was a really, it was a really just like a special time for me getting to collaborate with you guys back when I had owned that business. Thank you. I, I wonder for you, what are some takeaways from you for how important this community is to starting your business and to keeping it running? Like we mentioned the Asian business owners here who supported you, but just, I, I just can't get past like being a minority in an area like Central Texas, which before I moved here, I thought it was just beer, burgers, <laughs> and Baptists. And I recognize now there's so many more people like you who are here. What what advice or what comments do you have uh, for other people who are maybe in a similar boat as you and looking for that community? Do you think Waco is a good place they can find that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have this question for my Asian group. There's a lot of younger People, they trying to start a business here, and they um, actually, Devin at Waco Chaz, they've been repeating, telling me that I am the, um, they look at me as a leader of the Asian communities. They look up to me, like how I uh, bring the culture to the, to the Waco, to the, the small communities over here, and how do I run the business Probably not a lot of people knows about me. I came straight from Vietnam to U.S. and not having, um, I don't have to go to school because I have a little bit English there, but I love to learn. I love to talk to people. If people know me since 2003, which is like Stan Brown, he would know mm-hmm. how bad is my English back then. But I love to talk. I love to talk to people and trying to practice my English 
at the same time with like trying to understand the culture here and to understand the people here. And then 2007, when I took over the restaurant, I don't know much about the business, but I learned a lot from from just talking with the customer about the everything, about food, community, and everything. So what got into me to like being in Waco and continuous with this business, I love small town. And I think I'd rather bring something different to bring in, that. To, yeah. Say it for, for the younger people. It's for the, like just be themselves. Just be themselves and believe themselves to um, create their own. I like to create my own dish that no, one, no other uh, Vietnamese or Asian cuisine have it. And only clay pot have it. Yeah. We have the clay pot original in our menu. It's because of that. People come in and this is not traditional. But guess what? You can only get that clay pot. <laughs> well, Waco is better for the wonderful and unique collaboration yes. that you guys have there on Franklin Avenue. And just really grateful to get to learn more about your history, Tang, and Angel, your involvement in the business. So thank you so much for coming on Downtown Depot and helping people understand your story. Yeah, it's a thank wonderful you for to be advice. here. Yeah. <laughs> We love to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Tang Lee and Angel Mancius of The Clay Pot, Kaylee George, the real estate investor and dietitian, and you for tuning in to episode 157 of Downtown Depot here on Waco Public Radio. You can find me in between episodes on Facebook and Instagram at Waco Business News and join us back here on the third Friday of September for another conversation with an inspiring small business owner, civic leader, or engaged citizen, sparking Waco's renaissance. I'm Austin Meek, and you've been listening to Downtown Depot, where we track the ins and outs of Waco business.